T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Now it's time for Inside the Clubhouse, a show dedicated to the Chicago baseball fan, featuring the best Chicago baseball conversation, as well as the big MLB topics, along with the biggest names, greatest guests, and listener interaction, starring score baseball insider Bruce Levine and half of Chicago's number one sports morning show, David Haw, on Sports Radio 670 The Score and 670thescore.com, a radio.com Sports Station, presented by Bet Rivers Sportsbook. Good Saturday morning, Chicago. Welcome inside the clubhouse, Chicago Sports Radio, 670 The Score, and the Odyssey app, live here from the Hyundai Score Studios. I am David Haw, along with Bruce Levine, and we will be here until 11 o'clock talking baseball as we do 52 Saturdays a year. And today, today we're going to have some fun with our own Palooza looking ahead at Tuesday's trade deadline as it approaches. What are the possibilities? How about the speculation for the Cubs, for the White Sox? Lots of deals out there to be made. Lots of deals out there that you don't want to make. We will talk about them all. Bruce, good morning. How are you? Good morning, David. And I'm sorry to uh, report the, this deal. Uh, you and I have been traded uh, to another radio station in another city <laughs> for a, um, a radio show to be named later. Well, uh, and, and cash considerations i will repeat cash, cash considerations well i like that idea bruce about the cash and i have to say you know as disappointing as it is to be traded i got a little joey gallo in me maybe the less pressure and in, in intensity of, of a smaller market you know maybe we could live more peacefully that way we don't have to have you know the day-to-day grind that joey gallo wants to avoid and as he leaves New York as a former member of the Yankees. He's one of those guys we're going to talk about today as far as we talk about trade possibilities, the White Sox, the Cubs, and everyone else. David, this is the most exciting time of the year for baseball fans, I believe. Uh, I, I, will, I, will, I, I won't rank it, but I will tell you opening day, okay. uh, certainly um, the, um, the trade deadline and uh, the winter meetings are – are the three times I think that the fans really get excited, and I get excited because uh, the reporting is intense. The names out there are about 75 to 80 percent uh, true. Uh, the <laughs> trades to different teams are about 15, to, uh, and I'm, I'm not saying this myself uh, because a lot of people say, "Yeah, Levine, you're the one that's reporting all those fake trades." Um, the reporting is about 15 to 20 percent uh, as far as being able to track exactly where guys are going. And um, it is exciting because uh, 
you know, for a team like the Chicago White Sox, everybody's expecting them to be able to add to a team that's been disappointing to this point and has um, 60 games ahead of them to right the ship and, and get in the playoffs. For the Cubs, it's all about the future of the franchise. Uh, there's uh, there's no mistake since exactly a year ago right now right. when they traded the All-Stars in probably the biggest trade-off of stars in a 24-hour period in the history of not only the Chicago Cubs, but uh, all of baseball. I think you're exactly right there. Yeah, that was... uh, yeah. That you're that. There's no mistake that the, where the Cubs' intentions are these days, and that is to add good young players and uh, to continue to continue on in this rebuild. But David, uh, this is an exciting uh, time of year, and uh, you know, again, uh, will the White Sox be able to uh, pick up pitching along the way? Will they get a left-handed bat? Will they get an energizer to come in and change the energy in that room what moves do you want to see out there Sox fans how about cub fans what moves would you like to see them avoid perhaps let us know we're here to speculate we're here to talk through these things with you this is not an anniversary you want to celebrate if you're a cub fan but it was you know last year at this time before the trade deadline with the purge began so we want to talk about that if you still want to vent a little bit we're here for you open phone lines all show We're not going to have as many guests today. We're going to talk to Bob Nightingale from USA Today at the top of the hour because he's going to tell us what's going on around the league. But we want to talk to you, 312-644-6767. Text us, call us, yell at us, commiserate with us, whatever the case. We are now 100 games into the season. Today, when the White Sox take the field and the Cubs as well tonight in San Francisco, it will be their 100th game, respectively. The Sox coming off a 7-3 loss last night, a guaranteed rate field to the Oakland A's, the red-hot Oakland A's. That was a tough watch. Bruce, Tim Anderson gets ejected. The frustration that he uh, showed, everyone can relate to if you're watching the Sox long enough. And the Cubs, meanwhile, later at night out on the Bay, 4-2 to two winners over the San Francisco Giants, and you got performance from Ian Happ in the field. Nice throw. Wilson Contreras catching Marcus Stroman, six shutout innings. Nice uh, handling of the pitching staff, as Stroman mentioned afterward. And then you had Michael Givens and David Robertson contributing at the back end of the bullpen, even though Robertson gave up a home run, Bruce. I mentioned those four because those four contributors last night are the four guys who are at the top of the list of Cubs trade candidates. So it's a a lot of mixed feelings right now going on in both sides of town. David, uh, you know, with – with the Cubs, I mean, there is since the All Star break, you know, it's a small sample, but uh, you know, maybe the best pitching team in baseball. Uh, <clears throat> you take out the start uh, last night, uh, which was a little bit shaky for Steele. Every start has been outstanding for the Cubs. The Cubs during their six game winning streak now winners of uh, seven out of eight. <clears throat> I know we love to break down segments of seasons and uh, trends, but uh, that is that's exciting and did. Did Marcus Stroman put himself back into that mix of possible trades? Do you think forward? so? Do you, can't, can't they just celebrate a good start and, and I think mark the occasion with a, a pat on the back and, and, a, and a sigh of relief? Because, Bruce, this is the Marcus Stroman that we have wanted to see all season long. Do you have to trade him just because he's gotten good enough to trust? Well, you, you have to remember that he can – after next year, he can opt out. Okay, so so it's a one-year deal. Okay, is is that is that any different from 
the way they're looking at Otani, the way that they're looking at some of these other really good players like Castillo, who was traded from Cincinnati to Seattle. I mean, you know, perspective-wise, yeah, you want to have a, a solid starter with him and Hendricks to go into next year if they're both with them. But uh, from a, uh, a long-range view, is it better to, you know, perceive him as a, a player you can trade with one with what they call these days with two months left in the season, two year control of the contract because it's, it's the trading deadline for two months and then another year. Bruce, we want to get to specifics, uh, but and the phone calls uh, that are coming in right now, but I want to talk first about big picture wise throughout the league. Luis Castillo was the number one starting pitcher on the market. I think that was almost agreed upon by a consensus of evaluators and and media and, and everyone around the league. He was traded last night from the Reds to the Mariners. The Mariners gave up one, three, and five in terms of their top prospects for Luis Castillo under team control through next season, arbitration eligible. But it could be a high price for a starting pitcher that could or may or may not make the difference for the Mariners in a playoff hunt that the White Sox have to pay attention to as well. That's not necessarily the question, will the Mariners make the run? We don't care about that. We're in Chicago, not Seattle. What we do care about is who does that elevate to make the number one starting pitcher available now. And you know what? He's in town, by the way. His name is Frankie Montas, and you ran into him yesterday in the A's uh, clubhouse. Uh, tell us about how that came about, and then we can listen to your conversation. Well, you know, I just walked in the uh, Oakland clubhouse. I wanted to talk to Montas. You know, that was part of my, um, my thoughts for the day. When I got there, it was to talk to him. I expected, you know, a group of reporters around him and uh, some cameras knowing that uh, he was – he was probably number two before Castillo got traded last night on the uh, on the depth chart and knowing that the White Sox are looking for pitching. So uh, I was surprised to walk in and just see him sitting there, you know, yelling across the room at his buds and uh, guys very loose in there talking to each other and directing some commentary toward Montas. Uh, I knew Montas a little bit when he was with the Sox before he was traded, said hi, and then we ensued on a little bit of a conversation. Frankie, how do how do you handle all the white noise about you know, are you will you? I mean, I know you. I can tell you know, how much you love these guys and how much you know how much fun you guys have around here. Um, I'm not I'm not really trying to think about it. I'm just trying to enjoy my teammates, be with them, you know, be there for them. Um, just trying to enjoy every moment of being here. Uh, I mean, that's a, it's a really good way to talk to people like me. You know, it's <laughs> it's it's an it's a way of saying, hey, you know, I'm not going to say I don't want to be here because these are my people, you know. But uh, it's, it's got to be kind of cool that people are that interested in you and that uh, people think that you are a difference maker. Uh, yeah, like I said, like, it's cool, like, knowing, like, like, people out there, like, you know, like, um, they think you can you can pitch for them, you know. Um, but it's also, like, on the back of my head, like, I've been here for seven years, you know. Uh, this is the longest I've been with the, uh, with the team, you know. I create a lot of relationship here. I have a lot of friends here. Of course, like if I get traded, it's gonna be tough to leave. You know, it's not. It's not gonna be a fun day. But the other side, like, I'm just like kind of like happy that somebody out there think I can pitch. You know. 
How, how was it growing up in the White Sox chain? How, what, was, what was that experience like? Uh, that was my second trade. My, my first one was kind of like the toughest one when I uh, went from the Red Sox to the White Sox. And um, it was kind of like, it was a little shocking, you know, how like all my friends there when I was with the Red Sox. And um, the tough part is like, you kind of trying to build new relationships, you know, trying to find new friends. I mean, you never forget the friends you play with, you know, and uh, um, in your previous team, but just like that part of like, hey, being like kind of like the new guy, you know, I feel like that's the toughest part. But besides that, I feel like whatever I go, I still got to go out there and pitch, you know, I still got to do my job. I still got to go out there and compete. That was Frankie Montas talking to you yesterday, Bruce. Good interview. Nice job approaching him and asking the number one starting pitcher on the trade market as we sit here this morning how he feels about everything. Did you come away with any uh, any gut feeling about what's going to happen next? No. Uh, as a matter of fact, you know, talking to some of the Oakland people, uh, you know, he has control. Uh, they have control for him next year, but uh, they, they've been holding out. For uh, for Montas for for top picks and now with uh, with a few days left and uh, him being the perceived number one difference maker out there, you know the Yankees appear to be the front runner for him. But you know the White Sox are, are in need of uh, fortifying that pitching staff, both the, the rotation and the bullpen. And Montas coming back here would be a, a, a natural for the White Sox as well, depending on how much you're going to have to give up. You see what they gave up for Castillo. Right. Uh, I mean, they gave up the number one, three, and five people in their organization from Seattle to obtain them. Now, ones, threes, and fives from organization to organization, it's different type of players. It's different type of talent. Uh, You you, you have to compare every organization when you talk about what what they gave up. But they gave up a lot of talent for Castillo – uh, to have him for the rest of this year and next year as well. Interesting pass with Montas. You mentioned his White Sox experience. He made his Major League debut with the Sox in September of 2015, Bruce. He's been part of two big trades in Sox recent history that have been big uh, blockbusters. The Jake Peavy deal, the three-team deal with the Red Sox and the Tigers. That was when Frankie Montas was a member of the Red Sox organization. And also that was in, in July of 2013, he was traded as part of the three-team deal to the White Sox in that trade. And then in 2015, when he left the Sox organization in a three-team deal with the Reds and the A's, that brought Todd Frazier to Chicago. So Frankie Montas, 29-year-old, top-of-the-rotation starting pitcher, perhaps out there for the White Sox to consider. And I think they're starting pitching in the second half. You can see why maybe they would want somebody at the top of that rotation. Let's go to the phone lines because we've got a lot of people who want to weigh in. We've got a lot of thoughts out there in the score listener line. It's powered by BetQL. Bet smarter and beat the books. Download the BetQL app today or visit BetQL.com. That's where we find Norm is in Algonquin. Good morning, Norm. Welcome inside the clubhouse. Good morning, gentlemen. Um, you know, as a beyond frustrated Sox fan at this point, uh, I really think they need to be sellers. Um, you know, there's too much... Too much laziness, too much loafing with the guys they have out there. I mean, look at Eloy uh, last night turning singles into doubles, lack of hustle. Um, it, it's just not happening this year. They uh, uh, they don't have the assets in the minor leagues to to get anybody um, on this team via trade. So I say you just you keep Cease, 
you keep Vaughn, who they never play. And uh, Sox fans, the most exciting part of this season is watching what Steve and Jason are eating in the booth. (laughs) Thanks, Norm. Appreciate the phone call. Hey, keep the faith. Bruce, uh, that's a a common uh, feeling among Sox fans of frustration. But let me ask you this. We've got a texter from 773. Could the Sox get a 1-3-5 and for Giolito if they choose to be sellers? Is that even realistic to consider at this point? Depends what type of organization you're dealing with and depends who you're getting back. Uh, I mean, at this point, I talked to uh, someone in the White Sox organization yesterday. We'll go nameless. And, uh, and they said, we're, we're, not, we're not beyond trading off of this uh, 26-man roster. We're not, not beyond it at all. Really? Uh, so so from, from that perspective, if it's going to make them better now or if you're thinking about the future, I, I just don't see the White Sox – uh, looking past this year and next, as far as what their future is, they have they have too much locked in, too much invested in uh, you know what's going on right now with another year of Grandal left next year, another year of um, uh, Lynn, uh, you know uh, another year left of Giolito. Uh, the the window is to win now and next year. I I think that is that's been the plan all along. You know this three year period and you know. I, I just don't see him going that way. But again, uh, thinking back to 1997 and the white tr- the white flag trade, we where have to. We have three to. and a half. They were three and a half games out at that time when that trade was made. And nobody saw that coming. 25 long years ago. Wow, time flies. Frankie is in Naperville. Frankie, welcome inside the clubhouse. Thanks. Hello, guys. Listen, love, love talking baseball on Saturday mornings. Uh, here's my my comment. I mean, I understand all the excitement that you guys have and others have about this, uh, uh, you know, this trade deadline coming up and so forth. But here's my problem with that. If I'm a Major League Baseball team and I'm building my team for 162 games, we get through the first 100 games, we've, we've gone through that injuries, we've gone through this and that. Now we've got, you know, the second half, 70 more games to go. But really, it's now different teams. So now it's like a different race developing. And so I don't. The thing I don't like about it is, is I'm playing different teams after the trading deadline, and it it has too much emphasis on the outcome of what should be one team for 162 games. Um, but I, that's my concern, and I wonder what you guys think about that. Over and out. Thanks, Frankie. Appreciate the phone call and always the listening. Uh, I I don't know, uh, Bruce. I, I like I like the trade deadline. I like the ability to change. Uh, your look of your team, especially with 60 games to go, this is about the right time to, to have the deadline. I don't think it's broken. I wouldn't try to fix it. Yeah, I'm. I'm. I'm a big, uh, big proponent uh, now that you have the expanded playoffs, David, uh, of uh, backing you up to uh, August 15th or even September 1st. Interesting, because September 1st doesn't mean anything anymore as far as call-ups. You're only allowed to call up three guys now. Yeah, your roster. I mean. You can only expand three three players. It used to be uh, an infinite amount, and uh, that didn't work out too well because non-contending teams could bring up five six pitchers, and then they would be matching up, uh, you know, pitch by pitch, uh, player by player sometimes uh, against contenders and destroying their their September. So so that was changed. But I I just think that. Uh, I don't, I don't quite understand the trading deadlines in sports to begin with. You have to, you have to give me a, a real good reason for them, other than, 
you know, rich getting richer in certain situations. I just think that uh, they're kind of passe. Now with the expanded playoffs, I think August 15th is a much more realistic date for teams like, look, look at San Francisco and the White Sox. Two weeks from now, they might be in the same position. They might be three games out of uh, first or the wild card, but they also might be six or seven games out and in a different position with a different mindset about how they want to go toward the future, knowing that uh, this season is is lost. Fair point. Good question, Frankie. Keep them coming. Text line is, is uh, blowing up. 605, Joey Gallo, trade for a Tier 2 prospect? Hey, the White Sox have got to consider any and all possibilities, I think, as they move forward as Tuesday's 5 p.m. deadline looms and approaches. A lot of pressure on Rick Kahn. A lot of pressure on Carter Hawkins on the other side of town and Jed Hoyer. What are you going to do, guys? The long goodbye keeps getting longer. Last night, Wilson Contreras, Ian Happ, David Robertson, Michael Givens, all four contributed to the Cubs' victory, and all four are on the trade block. We'll talk about the Cubs next and the long goodbye that keeps on getting longer here on Chicago Sports Radio, 670 The Score. I would like to say that I love you all. Thanks for everything. Thanks for everything you guys uh, did for me and my family. I got a, a lot of good relationship with, with some friends from Chicago, um, and I'm pretty sure um, I'm going to love him forever. So thank you for everything, and I wish uh, I could play for you guys, but this is a busy. I understand that I love you all. We're back with more Inside the Clubhouse with Bruce Levine and David Haw on Sports Radio 670 The Score and 670thescore.com. Presented by Bet Rivers Sportsbook. Thanks for joining us this morning, Chicago Sports Radio 670 The Score. You are Inside the Clubhouse. I'm David Haw with Bruce Levine here until 11 o'clock. Our trade of Palooza this morning. Speculation about what the White Sox and Cubs are going to be to do before Tuesday's 5 p.m. trade deadline across Major League Baseball, the voice you heard, the familiar one, belonged to Wilson Contreras. Of course, you have heard him sound that emotional over the past week or so, Bruce, and as it gets closer to the day the inevitability arrives, I still struggle to accept why the Cubs are in this position, but I think that's ground we probably have already covered. You heard Marcus Stroman praise Wilson Contreras and the way he has handled him this season last night after that victory. I guess let's fast forward and look ahead rather than look back. What are the teams you think are most involved with the Cubs now for Wilson Contreras, and what could they get in return? Well, I think the Mets and the Padres are uh, are, are probably one and two. Um, there's certainly other teams that look at uh, Wilson uh, not only – the beauty of Wilson right now, I'll rephrase it. The beauty of Wilson right now is that He's looked at as a potent hitter and a DH across all 30, all 29 other teams, which is so significantly different, David, than it was last year and every year in baseball history since the DH, except for 2020 when they incorporated it in the National League for the 60 games. But uh, that is the, the beauty of the Wilson Contreras market now when you're thinking about trading him last year two National League teams. He was only a catcher and only a catcher that could play two-thirds of the time at the max uh, and be a pinch hitter the rest of the time. Now, um, the ability to uh, rest him and DH him and make him a more significant catcher and a healthier catcher, all those things are part of these deals uh, going forward. So 
I think he, he fits in with a, with a great number of teams, but I'm hearing mostly Mets. I'm hearing mostly Padres. Uh, you know, does he fit on the south side of Chicago? I don't think, I don't think that's their number one need right now is uh, catching. Uh, I think Wilson Contreras' energy is something that should be considered along with everything else. If you remember, I think it's three years ago now, uh, looking back uh, at uh, Castellanos coming in from Detroit. Yes. And, and going to the Cubs and the energy he brought. And then him saying flat out within 10 days or two weeks, I'm so su- surprised here about the, uh, the lack of energy in the clubhouse. And uh, I'm, I'm surprised with the greatness of these players and the quality of these players that there's not more energy coming out. He was shocked. He was an energizer for that team. Uh, that team didn't end up uh, doing uh, very well. Uh, it w- was out of the playoffs uh, by September because of schedule and, and injury and whatever. But my point is, Contreras, whether you like his catching or not defensively, brings an awful lot to the table other than just a bat. Uh, his, his energy level, enthusiasm, I think is something that would really pick a team up. Yeah, what, Ka- what Castiano said back when he did come to the Cubs was almost an indictment on the complacency that Joe Madden had allowed to creep into that clubhouse. And and I think he also hit very well, so he fit in quickly and assimilated uh, in a way that every new new teammate wants to assimilate. We'll see if Wilson Contreras can do that wherever he goes, Mets, Padres, maybe even the Astros. Bruce, but Ian Happ also has been mentioned uh, increasingly in the last few days. He also made a great play last night. He reminded everyone how far he has come defensively, throwing out Wilmer Flores at the plate, his NL leading eighth assist of the season. When you mentioned a fit on the south side, I, I tinkered with the idea yesterday with Mully on Mully and Haw about Ian Happ and the White Sox being a trade partner for the Cubs in that deal. I don't know if that does make sense or if they would do that. What do you think about that idea and where else might be interested in Ian Happ? Well, I mean, a switch hitter who now is a true hitter from both sides of the plate. The difference on Happ now is that he's more of a contact hitter than a power hitter. So um, that, that's a good thing. I mean, he's a better all-around player. I think it was his eighth assist, which is tied for the lead in uh, the National League in and throwing out runners, sometimes a stat that gets uh, looked at from both ways. Uh, a lot of times the guys who lead leagues in uh, assists are guys that people are running on more frequently. Uh, in the case of Hap, I just think he's he's been a tremendously improved player from the right side uh, in, in switch hitting part and also the uh, defense in left field where he's really solidified himself. I, I think he'd be a, a, a big help to the White Sox, but what does that mean for the White Sox? I mean, are you are you going to have less trade, less uh, time available for their outfielders to the other outfielders to well, play? Who do you sit? Well, do you, you sit Vaughn more often. We heard well, a complaint already that uh, Vaughn didn't play last night. He's going to play the next two. Uh, Bruce, Marissa. you know though, yeah. with the Sox, if you wait long enough, somebody's legs will be tired or someone will get hurt. All right, so why bother then, right? <laughs> no, I mean, that you, you, you need all the extra outfielders you can muster because you know somebody's going to be missing in action at some point in time, any given series, any given day. That's the frustrating thing about the White Sox, but we digress. I'm going to ask you about Patrick Wisdom. Homer's last night, and all of a sudden, his name starts to pop up as a source of speculation. Is there anything to that, you think? Well, why not? I mean, uh, look, Wisdom is 
part of the now for the Chicago Cubs. He was a nice find for them. It's been a great story of him being one of the top home run hitters, you know, over from last year into this year when he started playing. But is he a part of the Cub future? You know, uh, I mean, do you, you know, do you say, hey, uh, we should have never traded Patrick Wisdom uh, back when we did? You know, I mean, I, I don't think that's going to come into the uh, conversation. If he can bring back a top young player, uh, then you have another position open for a young player in your organization. You might even start looking at Morrell over there and playing third base, uh, being the multi-position uh, player point. That he's been so far. That's a really so, good point. So I, I would say I would say okay. I don't I don't think there's any untouchables on the Chicago Cubs. Do you do you see do you see any player on the Chicago Cubs in the right deal uh, that I, you wouldn't trade? I, I'm not I'm not trading Horner. Okay, I, okay. I'm not trading Fine. Nico Horner uh, as he just approaches whatever he's going to be. It's it's something that I think could be special. I would not trade him. I, I wouldn't trade some of my young pitchers. I wouldn't trade Keegan Thompson. I wouldn't trade Justin Steele. I wouldn't go full purge, Bruce. No, I would think that was for 2021. This time I would have a little bit more judgment, be a little bit more judicious. I don't think I need to unload everybody just because, hey, look, he's good. Let's deal him. That feels like that's the case with the Cubs. Let's get back to the phone lines. Of course, listener line is powered by BetQL. Let's go out to Valparaiso, and that's where Paul calls inside the clubhouse. Hey, Paul. Hey, good morning, fellas. Great show as always. Uh, yeah, you know, in regards to the Cubs, I, I mean, I think I know this is not a popular, um, especially with Dave, but I know this is not a popular opinion. But I think you trade Contreras. You, you sell high on Hap. Uh, if Wisdom is a guy that you can move, then great. I think the bullpen pieces obviously have to go. You don't know what you're going to get back for that. But I think the one thing the Cubs have moving forward that they haven't had in the past is they have Carter Hawkins, they have Craig Breslow, they have Hadavi. I know Hadavi's been around a little bit more, but this pitching infrastructure and what they're doing with the pitching, even some of these minor leaguers they're bringing up in the bullpen seem to be doing good things. I think you've got, a, you've got at least four fives in, in Keegan Thompson and Steele. So what they need is they need a top-of-the-rotation guy, but the problem is there's no top-of-the-rotation guys on the free agent market in the next year or two. Joe Mossgrove's about to sign an extension with the Padres, and he would have been a guy that would have fit perfectly in there. So one thing when we say spend, 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 the Cubs have to spend the money, who are they going to spend it on? So if they build up the farm system, maybe they can trade. If they trade all these guys they're going to trade right now, they'll probably have one of the top two or three farm systems in baseball. Those are guys you can trade for Soto or, or someone along those lines that puts a huge bat in your lineup to go around guys like Horner, Morrell, um, you know, the, the guys that they're going to bring up from the minor league. So I, I think you're going to have, I mean, it sucks, but it's going to be another year, and then they can really go crazy spending when it's available, and they have to probably make some trades with some of this minor league system inventory they're getting. So just to say spend, 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 they spent on Stroman. They spent on Suzuki. Who else were they going to spend on? I guess that would be my question, David. Who else could they have spent on that would have made them good this year? Carlos Correa. I, I think that's the you answer, Paul. And I, I respect here. where you're coming from and talking about the yeah. pitching infrastructure because that's what the future is going to built, be built around. And you're right about the people that you mentioned. The Cubs. Say that again? Correa didn't want to come to the Cubs. That's why he signed with the Twins. He wants to wait till they're further along in the rebuild. Well, I think that the Twins were able to structure a deal that was more conducive to what he was looking for. And I, 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 I think that Carlos Correa and the Cubs was not impossible marriage to consider. Uh, Bruce, I think you were involved in that reporting in that story. Thanks for the phone call, Paul. And I do respect your, your opinion and, and listening every week. Bruce, what do you think about what he said in terms of the pitching 
infrastructure and what the Cubs are right. headed He's toward. absolutely right. There's not a lot of pitching out there. I was talking to another baseball executive yesterday, and he said, no, nobody's got any pitching to move. They don't want to move any pitching. And uh, it's being, as he said, uh, you know, as, as Paul said, it's being hoarded right now. And that's why Montas, who's a good pitcher, but it just had shoulder uh, problems, you know, earlier in the season here. And, uh, you know, there, there's some question about if he's going to hold up. He's, he's number one. He's going to get you a lot more right now than he would have gotten you in the spring training or at the beginning of the year. He, he is center stage right now for a team like the Yankees or a team, uh, you know, that's, that's in contention. St. Louis is uh, certainly a, a, a possible landing place for Montas, too, although, you know, there, it looks like their whole organization is sitting in Washington right now talking about a Soto deal. <clears throat> Pitching's where it's at, David. Yep. That's what wins championships. Paul's I right. I love Soto. I love Soto. I love uh, I love the idea of Otani somewhere because he's a pitcher and a hitter. But uh, that's where it's at if you want to win a championship. And then just looking back to close the loop to last winter, I would have been fine with them pursuing Carlos Rodon. I, I really would have been fine with the Cubs adding him as well as Marcus Stroman because two years, $44 million, yeah, maybe that will be – a, a foolhardy investment when all is said and done, but I would have liked them to have rolled the dice a little bit on a guy who Chicago knows well is a competitor, and when he's healthy, he's good, Bruce. So I would have been fine with that when you ask uh, who you would have gone after. Yeah, maybe the south side staying there might have been a better idea. Well, speaking of the south side and what are they going to do, that's where we're going to shift our focus next when we come back. What are they going to do? What do you want to see them do? And what is your top priority if you are Rick Hahn and you're waking up this morning listening to two guys telling you what to do, are you saying, well, no, this is what I want to do. What direction will he go? We'll talk about it next inside the clubhouse, Chicago Sports Radio, 670 The Score. The White Sox, if they were sort of being very objective about this, they should say, listen, if a team that really has a chance to win the World Series, because we don't, if if a team really wants Johnny Cueto and will give us a top 100 prospect to get the final two months of Cueto for this year, we make that trade. And I think that is that is where I believe the White Sox minds and focus should be because of who the owner is and who the manager is. I'm not convinced at all that they're willing to go down what would be, from my standpoint and probably yours as well, a very reasonable road to travel. We're back with more Inside the Clubhouse with Bruce Levine and David Haw on Sports Radio 670 The Score and 670thescore.com. Presented by Bet Rivers Sportsbook. Thanks for listening. We're having a lot of fun this morning talking trade possibilities. We covered the Cubs. We're going to cover the White Sox. David Haw, Bruce Levine here until 11 o'clock on 670 The Score. Bruce, that was John Morosi from the Parkinson Spiegel show the other day. From uh, John works for the MLB Network, very plugged in guy, very reasonable perspective on all things baseball, also Not some on hockey. That one. Not, Not on, on that, that one. one. See, I, that's what I want to know. We had we had a texter along the same lines because three hundred nine texts in and says, "If you believe the year was lost for the White Sox, what moves can the White Sox make to extend their championship window?" I'm the biggest Johnny Cueto fan, I think, in town. I was calling for Cueto when we didn't know where he was, somewhere between Charlotte and Chicago or Arizona. But, but Bruce, I do wonder, if you take a step back and you take a deep breath, if you're Rick Hahn, do you have one eye on the future or are you just fixated on the present? 
Well, I mean, every GM wants to be able to do both. But in the White Sox situation, you can't. They are locked into competing and trying to win this year and next year. And, you know, maybe a little bit uh, going past two, into 2024 because they have a lot of young core. I mean, you know, you have Eli, you have, uh, you know, you have Robert, you have Anderson, you have, you know, a, a team of really outstanding young talent. Me, for me, the, the, the question is, you know, um, you know, wh- why would you trade arguably uh, the most important pitcher that you brought in this year to keep you afloat? Uh, if, without Cueto's starts, I think the White Sox would be seven or eight games uh, behind Minnesota and Cleveland right now. I, I agree with that. And, I, and if you are, David, you know, if you are, then you trade a whole bunch of other guys well, too. You you're not starting with Johnny Cueto. Maybe maybe the specifics of Cueto is is what I understand why people would stop and say, well, how could you get rid of a guy who has meant so much to uh, to this team this season and given you a chance to even be in contention for a division title still here as we get, are 100 games into the season. But big picture wise, do, would you be more likely to be open to a, a Giolito trade, Lance Lynn? Somebody who you don't expect to be dealt to have a conversation about dealing. Do you think that's realistic or not? Well, you can't you can't trade when, trade when you're vulnerable, David. That that's the problem. So everybody knows that the White Sox are vulnerable right now. And if you're going to trade a guy, you're not going to trade. I mean, the, the, Morosi's right about one thing. Cueto has value elsewhere, and you could probably get some uh, a good young player for him from from a team that needs fortification for their staff. But nobody needs more fortification for their staff than the White Sox right now. So, you know, you, you trade him and it's like, you know, where's the depth in, in, in your pitching? Are you just, you know, it's white flag 25 years later. Yeah. I mean, you, you're just going to yeah. have to, you know, that, that's, not, that's not in the DNA of the White Sox at this time, okay? They, they, they've done their rebuild. They did it for four years. They've been to the playoffs twice. Two, two years in a row for the first time in their entire history since 1901. They're not, get, they're not letting off the gas pedal uh, now. I, I don't see it happening. 25 years ago tomorrow was when the white flag trade took place and the White Sox traded to the San Francisco Giants. I know that you remember who they were, Bruce. I know you remember the three pitchers. It was three guys that they thought were veterans and they trusted and Wilson Alvarez, Danny Darwin and Roberto Hernandez and the Sox got six minor leaguers in return in a hall that included Mike Caruso and Keith Folk. I don't think they're going to do something like that, but I do wonder when you start talking about priorities, are you talking about the guy you talked to last night in the clubhouse, Frankie Montas? Is that number one to you? Do you think Joey Gallo is a possibility as a, as a discarded Yankee to give you a left-handed bat and a guy who's 20, I think, nine years old, still has a lot of baseball ahead of him? Or is it just settling for a bullpen piece, a lefty like Andrew Chafin? None of the above, three, all of the above, or what do you think? Three bullpen pieces. Okay. That's what I would do. I think you got enough with the uh, offense. It hasn't shown, but it's getting healthier. Eloy's starting to look a little bit more like Eloy. Uh, we will, they will have Robert back. By uh, tonight, he's going to play in Charlotte. Um, as early as Sunday, he could be back with the White Sox, I'm told. Uh, so he's clear of the uh, the situation that caused the dizziness and depth perception. Um, I think it's I think it's Michael Givens from the Cubs. 
I think it's Chafin from Arizona, although Chafin comes with a problem, David. He's not vaccinated, okay? Uh, this is a mm. trading deadline situation. It's mm. the first question asked by all the GMs when they start talking to the other teams. Ben, is your player vaxxed? Benintendi got dealt. Yeah, I understand. He's not vaccinated. I understand. I understand. They'll, they'll deal with it down the road, but okay. if they're in the playoffs in Toronto, okay, the Yankees are playing Toronto in the playoffs uh, in, uh, in Toronto in the fall. Benintendi is not playing. Well, that is going to be to be determined until he says he's flexible, but he still hasn't gotten it yet. So I guess flexible. wait and see. Okay, How so flexible are you two and a half years down the road? Wow, uh, oh, gosh. Let's the, not get, go down that road, Bruce. I believe me. I know. So, all right, there's Gibbons. There's Chafin. Who's the third piece? I would say uh, you know, I would say a uh, left-handed bat. Okay. You know, I, I would say that that's that's an important part of this. Um, Production-wise, you know, you you hope that um, behind the plate, uh, Grandal continues to uh, hit. He's been hitting, but not for power at this point. I guess you can't have everything. Uh, but it, it, he was their number one power source at the end of last year from them from the left side. Um, you need left-handed hitting. You need to fortify that. That just hasn't been there for the White Sox this year. I know they, they always say, we don't care what side the guy hits from. If he hits, and he hits uh, significantly, we don't care if he's lefty or righty. Believe me, left-handed hitting is really essential when you go down to the last 60 games and going toward the playoffs. Bruce, let's squeeze in a quick phone call. Go down to Orlando, Florida. That's where Rusty is listening on the Odyssey app on the score Listener line powered by BetQL. Good morning, Rusty. Welcome inside the clubhouse. Good morning, David. Good morning, Bruce. I love the show. Thank you. I don't always agree with uh, uh, some of the comments, but uh, it's certainly food for thought, and they're well well delivered. Uh, I, I have a little different take on this team. Uh, been a White Sox fan since 1959. Still have season tickets uh, that my father first bought in 72. This is the most disappointing and frustrating season of them all for me uh more so than 84 more so than 06 this team has just been extremely frustrating no doubt injuries so my take on this is uh i'm going to lay off of the manager that's been discussed more than enough i'm going to lay off on the talent on the team and how they approach the game and their lackadaisical play their poor play poor fundamentals Worst base running team in baseball in a, in a long time, maybe ever. I don't know that I would risk much prospect capital. They don't have a lot. So I, I do agree with you, Bruce. I would get a bullpen arm or two um, based on the cost of that Seattle just paid for the Mariners. I think Frankie Montas comes with uh, a request that maybe the cost of a a number one and a number five prospect. I don't see how we could give up Montgomery. I don't see, they're going to want a pitcher. So do you give up Vera? Do you give up Thompson? Do you give up Kelly? I don't know that the Sox have enough to do that. And with the play on the field and the players approach and the chemistry and, and what looks like a, a real lackadaisical effort out there. I don't know. I understand the window. Listen, I'm 67 years old. I want to see another world championship. I don't feel it this year, guys. Thanks, Rusty. Appreciate the phone call and listening down there in Orlando, Florida. Bruce, passionate Sox fan, longtime Sox fan, very frustrated. Uh, Hard to argue some of his points, David. Right. Uh, You know, again, uh, 
everybody's been waiting for the White Sox to show up, okay? Now we're 100 games into it. There's still time. There's There was the Washington story in 2019. There was the Atlanta story last year. Both teams muddling through 100 games and uh, showing up. It's it's a uh, it's a long shot to do it, but I think the White Sox still have the capability to, to, to get there. And what's the biggest story around the league as the trade deadline looms Tuesday? Who's going to get Juan Soto? Who's going to get Shohei Otani? We're going to ask Bob Nightingale from USA Today next. He's going to join us inside the clubhouse, Chicago Sports Radio, 670 The Score. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. T-Mobile.com. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Oh, oh, oh. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. 